Good day, and thanks for joining us here at Molly's Place, where we read, relax, and discuss books written by authors of color. My name is Vanita Johnson Newsom, and my guest today is Cherie Clark. So grab a drink, find a spot on the sofa, and let's get started. This week's book is 32 Candles by Ernestor Teague Carter. She has worked as an ESL, which is English as a second language teacher in Japan, a music journalist in Pittsburgh, a radio writer for America's Top 40 with Ryan Seacrest in Hollywood. She is also a retired member of the LA Derby Doll Roller Derby League. She graduated from Smith College and from Carnegie Mellon University with an MFA. Her books include The Awesome Girl's Guide to Dating Extraordinary Men and Better Than Good Hair, The Curly Girl's Guide to Healthy, Gorgeous, natural hair. The book is about a young lady named Davinia Jones. She's poor growing up in Glass, Mississippi. Her mother is the thought of the town. And for those who don't know what thought is, that means that hoe over there. She is different than the other children in town because she is of a dark complexion and she wears natural hair. And in that time, um, they didn't do natural hair. They all had chemicals of some type in their hair. She was always teased in school by the other students and she had no friends, she had no family members, so she was basically by herself, and she fell in love with 16 Candles and all of the Molly Wingward movies. I want to say throughout her childhood, there were a lot of things that happened to her that led up to her deciding to leave home and start life somewhere else. The book takes you on her journey from Glass, Mississippi, to Los Angeles, California, where she does a lot of growing up, and she learns to embrace her beauty and realizes that dreams do come true. She opens the book talking about how hard life is, and especially when you're ugly. And ugly is such a mean word when describing someone's looks, because I believe everyone is beautiful in their own way. I can relate to divinity because I grew up as a dark-skinned child with natural hair. My sisters were all different shades of light and brown skin, I always felt as though I was not as pretty as my sisters and people would overlook me or treat me differently because of that. Oh, yes, that was the thing. If growing up when I grew up in the late 60s, early 70s, um, you were automatically five steps behind if your skin was dark. Well, I had the double threat. I was dark skinned and overweight and um well, triple threat. I had a lot of white friends, so that made me the target for bullying throughout my, I say, from middle school all the way to the day I graduated. We were comparisons for how dark people were. Are they black top block? No, they twin dark. Are they a little lighter than the twins? So that's what we got. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. honey. It's terrible. It's terrible. For years, I thought that there was something wrong with me, and I always asked God. I said, "Why? Why am I so dark? Why? Why did I have to be so dark? And you know, if I wasn't so dark, I wouldn't be so ugly, because in the black community, um, there's the myth of the ugly dark-skinned person, and the beautiful light-skinned person. Yeah. So if you were dark-skinned, didn't matter what you look like, you were ugly. But if you were light-skinned, didn't matter what you look like, you were beautiful. 
And it makes you feel like you want to be just melt into the shadows. Yeah. You don't really want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Because I remember um, many cases when my older sister, who's not that much younger than me, she's only a year older than me, who would be given a lot more things than I did. You know, oh, look at the little, look at her, look at her. And then they would look at me like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. They would, and I, that's how I felt. Why does she get more than I do? Exactly. Why do people always look at her before they look at me? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's something that will really scar you throughout your life. When the, in the town that they grew up in, the women were so mean to Davidia. Um, they would say things like to her mother, mm -hmm. when are you planning on putting a comb through that child's head? Or she's so dark, you can lose her in the night. Or why didn't she inherit some of your looks? And then they would say, maybe she got that face from her daddy, whoever that is. So did, were there any phrases that people would say when you were growing up? I don't particularly remember anybody saying anything like that. Oh, yeah. Towards me. Yeah. Around my parents or anything. Uh, well, they never said anything around my parents. Uh, but I remember a particular neighbor always calling a snowball and tar baby. Cora was physically abusive to Davidia. And after she caught Davidia in her red shoes singing Tina Turner, she beat her to the point that Davidia decided she was not going to speak anymore. Mm -hmm. And she literally stopped talking. Right. Even in school, she just decided she wasn't going to speak to anybody. Right. Which to me was kind of hard for someone to communicate like that. How right. do you communicate in school? She was a good student in school. Yeah, yeah, she was a good student. And she got a C in Spanish because she couldn't. She didn't speak. She wouldn't speak. But the math and English and everything, and the teachers, I guess, back then, teachers didn't really, you know, get involved. They knew that there was something wrong. But as long as she wasn't being disruptive or, you know, acting out, they didn't really take her on. But they would, you know, grade her accordingly. Yeah, and they accepted and They accepted and, and, and it. And people in community her schools even her mother accepted it because mm -hmm. when her mom would bring men home and they would speak to Davidia and she wouldn't say anything oh she doesn't talk she don't talk so but were there times in your life when you decided you didn't want to talk I remember you told me when you and Sharon were because you're identical twins and you all wouldn't talk too much in public no but when you were together together we would talk to each other and we had that twin language and the twin look that <laughs> I'm doing the crazy sign yeah you know, it, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that obvious. It was very subtle looks and stuff, and we needed to get. It's time for us to get up and, you know, get out of here. Yeah. Um, but it it did come to a point where I became, as a child, very depressed, and because uh, there were a lot of things going on at home too, yeah. inside and outside of the home, and I became very depressed. And I did for a while shut down. I just shut down. I was very calculated in when I would speak, and what I would say. Um, I would, uh, you're very limited, very limited. I would say, uh, I would only say enough so that I make sure I didn't get in trouble for yes, anything. Yes. There were times I knew that I didn't want to speak in certain, in front of certain people. Mm -hmm. Adults were really, uh, strenuous to me. Right. They stressed me out to speak in front of adults because I didn't know what to say. Yeah. So, um, mine was a very limited yes or no, um, but I did talk a lot in front of my, my siblings, mm -hmm. and outside, no, I didn't talk too much either. Oh, yeah, I talked to my siblings, but if it came to, um, and my dad, I could talk to him. Yeah, and my mom, we talked a lot. Yeah, but, my mom um, used to say, Vanessa, you sure talk a lot. 
for the most part, I, I, I've tried to avoid people. And I told you about the time how um, in school, in high school, where this one particular boy would go out of his way to hurt and embarrass me and my sister. And even when there was no one there, he would call us names. Oh, there's Buffalo too. Because uh, I guess she would go past him first. So he called her Buffalo number one and then called me Buffalo number two. And even when there was no one in the hall, he would yell it out. Wow. Yeah, like that. So, and even it, he would somehow find out because I would reroute my way to get to my class <laughs> so that I wouldn't bump into him, particularly if I was with a friend. And he would find out every time and find out which way I was going just so he could yell, yell it out. Wow. Yeah. That goes right into our next question. Mm -hmm. In middle school, the kids called her Monkey Night, which was a horrible name. Yeah. That name carried into high school. Right. And it stuck to her throughout her life. Mm -hmm. How influential were your middle school and high school years? Now, for me, middle school wasn't so much because my memory of that is very limited. I don't remember too much about middle school. Right. High school, I didn't have too much problems because I, I was popular, but I didn't hang around too many popular people. Right. I was in the band. I was in the choir. I was in the school newspaper. But my friendship was very limited. It was my um, sister, my one of my high school best friends, who is now my husband, right. um, his friends, and a couple more people. But no, no one. The only thing that they talked about or I felt people... I think didn't really know about me was the fact that I was truly insecure in high school. Right. But they thought the way I carried myself and the way mm -hmm. I spoke that Vanita thinks she's cute. And I never yeah. thought that. Yeah. And that kind of hurt me because if you knew me, you knew I wasn't that way. Yeah. So they would always, I would hear girls, you know, when we were lined up in the band, oh, there she is because she thinks she's cute. Because I dated the um, drum major. Right. Oh, she thinks she's cute because she's dating the drum major. Well, you were cute. I saw pictures of you. I was, I oh, she thinks she's cute because her sister's in the band. And my <laughs> sister was a bully. She was. So so it didn't so that bothered me because I wanted people to know me mm -hmm. and not assume that I was a certain way. Right, right. Well, I, I had it pretty hard through middle school and high school. There was it it lasted the bullying and the name calling and the rejection from black people. That lasted from middle school all the way to high school even at my church I stopped going to the church because I couldn't take the you know I figure I'm in the house of the Lord that would be the only place that I would find comfort but I was still bullied in church and by I was like who? by the same kids that were oh. oh no different set of kids all related but they didn't go to school in the same district or whatever but I stopped going to church for that reason I said you know what Monday through Friday I get humiliated and embarrassed and talked about and sometimes beat up. I am not getting up on Sunday morning, getting dressed, and going to church to get the same thing. Fuck that. Mm -mm. And I stopped going to church. Oh. Now, were there adults who did that also? Who were? No, there was one lady, and I'll never forget her. I don't want to say her name. I will never, ever forget her because she saw how the, the kids treated us. And she would always pull me and my twin aside and she said, you girls are so special. You're just special girls. And I'll never forget her. Even when we got older, 
she still holds a place in my heart. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'll never forget her for her loving us. Yeah. And sometimes it only takes one person. One to person. Say so. my, I know my parents would say, oh, Vanita, you're so beautiful. Oh, Vanita, you're so beautiful. But when you're in school most of the day mm-hmm. around people who are telling you the opposite. Right. Or you're looking at TV and you see these ads or you see these people and that's the definition of the, beauty. The template and you of don't what beauty is. see yourself. You, yeah. It's hard for you to accept that. And exactly. that's what that was the hardest thing I had to learn to accept. And I remember when we first met mm-hmm. years ago and you would talk about how pretty I was and I'd be like, I don't understand why she said you and you was like, Vanita, why don't you accept that? You exactly. Would tell me all the time. Yeah. When someone said, Oh Vanita, you look so pretty and I would say, Well, you know, and you were like, Vanita, just say thank you. Just say thank you. And I, it took me years and we were adults. We were grown. We were in our twenties. We grown. You yeah. had a couple kids, and I was still. And you still think well, no. And I remember a few, just a few weeks ago, we were talking about something, and Sharon said to you, and I remember something, blah 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 blah. And Vanita was the prettiest of us all, and I said, I know, and I could see the look on your face. You were like, wow, like what? you didn't believe that. I didn't. You didn't. because I'm a, my family, women are bigger, and I was mm-hmm. always the runt in my family. Mm-hmm. So I saw you and Sharon are these beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny because you saw me one way and I saw you exactly. This, this, you were this. Way. You had this dynamite shape, even though you'd had like two kids. And I remember when you told your mom, your mom like, "Oh, Vanita, she just so cute." Mm-hmm. I was like, "What? Well, Vanita, kind of cute." I said, "Look at this. She done got all dressed up." And my mother would not. She, I don't think my mother ever told me I was cute a day in my life. That's never, it. never, oh. ever, never, ever. Oh, okay. Well, now let's get back to the book. Okay. Okay. In high school, Davinia was obsessed with this man named, or this boy named James Farrell. She stalked him in school and at home. She fascinated by, was fascinated by him. And once she was stood outside the boys' locker room after a game to give him a note of encouragement after the coach threw him out of the football game. Mm-hmm. She never got over that. Never got she over She carried that one image of her in that locker room, giving him that note. That's going to be prevalent in the book, mm-hmm. but for her, she, it, because it was so important to her, her. she it thought had it was important. To be important to him. Yep. He had to remember that. He had to have appreciated her gesture. Now, he had two sisters, Tammy and Veronica, mm. who hated her. They taunted her in school daily, but she never spoke a word to them. But do you think the sisters had power over her because? Davidia never spoke to them or did Davidia have power over them because she never spoke to them or did that make Davidia weak? I think it it balanced out in mm-hmm. the beginning. In the beginning, the girls had the power. They had the power. Because they were popular and there we go with the light-skinned mystique considered the most beautiful girls in the school. They were rich. They had fancy cars and nice clothes and everything that they were she wasn't. She didn't have money other than the money that she'd find on the floor. <laughs> People drop money and she <laughs> scramble around and pick yeah. up. She'd pick up them quarters. She, but how it much added she, up. It added up. She had over what? $1,800? Yes. For money that she'd find in between the seat cushions and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. She's very creative on how to find money. <laughs> yep. But I think that in the beginning, the, the Farrell sisters had the they had all the power. They had all the backup. They had all the um, popularity. popularity and the click. And their whole uh, 
goal was to make her miserable and punish her for being who she was. Yes. Because she didn't have to um, hide behind a facade. Mm -hmm. Because um, they didn't talk too much about Tammy, but Veronica was very mean. Very much went out of her way to make sure that she stayed in her place and never became uh, a force. Yeah. And I think on the other, the flip side of that, I think the, uh, Davidia did have power because it takes a lot of power to shut up and not say anything yes. and let people just rail on you and harass you and do things that these days in school could get you thrown out of school. Yes. Now in the Farrell family, just a little history about who the Farrells are. The Farrell family was a black owned business. They did hair care. They did the jerry curls. They did the uh, relaxers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's where they made their money. And, um, uh, in the city that the town that they lived in. Right. So most of the people in that town used their products. Right. Davidia didn't use it. But she didn't use that And that either. made her different. Exactly. Because everybody else did the jerry curls and the relaxers. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how they were very popular. So. And the fact that they lived in a mansion. Yeah. And uh, they. And they were all light skinned. All light skinned. Exactly which is in the black community, uh, you've already made it. You yeah. don't have to be pretty. You don't have to be, all you have to do is be light-skinned. Yeah. And I know a light-skinned girl. Um, she was very, very light. She had that curly corkscrew, you know, natural Jerry curl yeah. type hair. Uh, the gray eyes. But her face... She looked like a mule standing on the side of a hill chewing bumblebees. Uh-uh. But everybody thought, oh, oh she's so... so... <laughs> I, she... Don't choke now. Uh, I thought she was... I suspected she was inbred. Oh, that is so mean. No, and I'm not being mean. This is true. Slack-jawed, eyes that never really focused in on you when you talked to yes, her. Yes, yes. Um, she had buck gums because she didn't have those but those little teeny tiny teeth. Yeah. And then she put braces on them little teeny tiny teeth. And I'm like, what are you putting braces on? All you got, a, all you got is a bunch of gums. Those great big gums. I mean, stuck out. And, uh, but, but, was she considered beautiful? She was pretty? considered beautiful because she was light skinned. Wow. Wasn't particularly bright. God's falling all over. I got to be with her. Da, 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 da. I want to be with her. Oh, she's so pretty. She's so there. I said, she's not that pretty. Uh -huh, yeah. You just jealous. Uh, the first thing that come out of your mouth, you jealous. I said, no. Look at her and then look at her five shades darker. Would you think she would be pretty? Would you think she would be pretty? No. Nope. Mm. Nope. Now, the sisters, the Farrell sisters, for some mean reason, stage a prank on Davidia. Mm -hmm. They sent out all these invitations to everybody and Davidia was just praying that she get this invitation because they only said they're going to give a limited amount of invitations to this. Uh, I don't think she was expecting an invitation. She didn't think she'd get one. No, but, but she, they, she was praying that she would get she one. She was hoping that she would get and one. And so. Because she, of what she did for James with that note. With that note. And plus she didn't think the sisters would invite her because they didn't like her. They didn't like her. So, but when she did get an invitation, and the invitation was written to her, and it was signed by James. By James. 
So she thought. So she thought Jane sent her personally this invitation. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they because the invitations looked a certain way and it was at a mansion, but in her mind she felt that it was a formal thing. Mm -hmm. So she went out and took her money, her little money, and bought herself this beautiful yellow dress. Mm -hmm. That would cost a lot of money. Yeah. She came home and her mama saw it and got on her. Where do you get that, that money, money from? You steal money from me? And told her she was going to take that dress back mm -hmm. and give that money and give her money, her, her mother, her, her money back. Her, her money back. And she didn't steal. She didn't steal that money. And Davidia's like, I ain't paying that lady no more. I'm wearing my dress. So she went to this party. And when she got there, she saw that all the people were dressed casually. Mm -hmm. And jeans. And, and jeans and... And so she got intimidated and stopped running. Now, she may have also seen some of the people who were bullying her there, too. Oh, yeah, which, she did. She which, did. Which intimidated her also. Now, mm -hmm. here are all these people dressed this way, people who've been bullying me. Here I am in this long dress, dressed mm -hmm. like I'm going to a prom or something. Yeah. And so she got upset and she ran. Mm -hmm. And she fell in a puddle of mud. And they laughed they even laughed more. They laughed even harder at her. And that was, I could, that could have, that crushed her. It did. It broke her spirit. And it, to the point that she went home, mm -hmm. packed up her stuff. Got her little money. Got her little money. And and she said, I'm leaving these 16 candles. She said, I'm, I mean, yeah, she said, I'm leaving these tapes. I'm leaving all this stuff here. Yep. And she uh, went to a diner. And she was sitting there trying to figure out what I'm going to do, well, how I'm gonna get, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. And she met this lady called Mama Jane. Mm -hmm. And Mama Jane was a lesbian truck driver. Trucker, yeah. So she offered to give Davidia a ride to L.A. Mm -hmm. But Mama Jane's first intention was to hook up with this young girl yeah. until she realized until how she old. found out how, she, how young how, she really Davidia was. Davidia ran away at 15. Yeah, because she didn't want to catch a charge. And she didn't. She didn't finish school. She just mm -hmm. said, "I'm just leaving my life behind." Mm -hmm. So, like she said, she didn't want to catch, catch a charge. But she still had a heart for this little girl, and so she became like a surrogate mother to her, and took care of her. Yeah, and looked out for her. Mm -hmm. um, so, would you have gotten a ride from a stranger from where we lived in on the East Coast all um, the way to L.A. Uh, you at know, fifteen. At fifteen. I don't know. I, I, you know, if it was that bad, and it was that bad, but I don't think I would have been brave enough to do it. Um, I would have waited till I was eighteen. Maybe, yeah. Because that way, no one could stop me, or no one could say, "Oh, she's missing." Yeah. And as a matter of fact, at nineteen, no, I was eighteen before I did it. And uh, no, I just turned nineteen. I did go to Cal to California. I took the bus to California to get away. Yeah. Now, they did ask her, I think, Mama Jane did ask her, you think your mama ain't going to miss you? Your mama not going to miss you or anything? She was like, no. No. She's not going to miss me. She not and then now I'm thinking about it. Davidia had no friends. She didn't have any her friends. Her mom had no friends. The only friends her mom had were the men she was sleeping with. And they weren't really friends. They, they were, were more like customers. Yeah. So she had no friends. Because I was thinking, if it was me, I would have went to a family member. But she had no family member. She, she had no friends. She had nothing she had but her nobody. Mother. So for her to leave um, was not a big deal because she knew her mom was going to go look Nobody for her. Nobody was going to go look for her. Nobody was going to miss her. The school did because the they were like trying to figure out where is this girl. She's supposed to, you know, she's truant. Yeah. 
And plus, she's a good student. She never missed Mm-mm. school. So what something may have terribly happened to her not to even show. You know, maybe one day, two days. But you're talking about going into weeks, months, and years. Yes. And this child never, never showed up but again. They, but even with that, even if they went to her mom to say, you know, where's your child? Mm-hmm. Back then, nobody cared. Mm-mm. She's true and she ran away. I can't do nothing with her. So they let her go. Yeah. So what do you think about their relationship, um, Mama Jane? And Mama Jane, and I, like I said, I think Mama Jane uh, had a heart for her. Yeah. Because being different and Mama Jane being a lesbian in that time, she was different. Yes. So I guess they, they, they came together as, you know, for each other. Yeah. As yeah. being different, on, on let's say on the outside, on the fringes. Yes. They were both on the fringes. And I think uh, that um, Mama recognized that that I'm on the outside to a certain extent, but this little girl's on the outside too. Yeah. So, um, because she, when she picked her up, um, and once they, you know, um, got, um, to LA mm-hmm. or close to LA, she was telling, you know, my nephew has a um, club. He's just starting. Mm-hmm. He's looking for people to work there. Would you consider working there? Yeah. And she, Davidia 15, Never had a job. Never had a job. But so what she could she do? She she take anything. She take anything she could do. So she went there, and her nephew's name is Nikki, and the club was named Nikki. So they asked the Nikki asked, "Can you sing?" And she was like, "Oh well, I you know not I don't know because she's she don't didn't really the know. only thing she sang was Tina Turner Tina Turner song. Tina Turner song in and, her house. Uh huh. And come find out she could sing. And so Nikki hired her as the singer. singer. Which I thought was nice. She I thought it was pretty too. good. She must have been pretty because good. Because Nicky was really, really tough. He was tough and he was stingy. And and it was his club, so his reputation was on lock. Yeah. You come up in here, you better know how to sing. That's right. But she, evidently, she did good. And then her name is Davidia. He didn't particularly like that name. No, so he like said, what do you think about changing it to Nicky? Um, Davey. 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 To Davy, change your name to Davy, and I think she kind of liked that because she could leave Davidia mm-hmm. in Mississippi. She could leave Davidia in Mississippi, and she worked there for eight years. Yeah, so as she, a singer, as a singer, so she went from fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-three years 23 old, twenty-three singing, singing in that club. Uh, now, D- uh, um, Davy and Nikki. Finally hooked up. They had a relationship. Had a relationship. But they were total opposites. Yeah. Nikki was so controlling. He wanted her to change her hair, change her name. Mm-hmm. I don't think he particularly liked her clothes. No, he didn't. Um, he wanted her to her persona on stage to be a certain persona. Yeah. On stage, I don't think he particularly cared what she wore when she was not on stage. But still, the fact that he he was still ten years or so older than her, and um. I think he took advantage of the situation that, yeah. you know, they, theirs was a, a relationship of convenience. Yeah. Because when she first got there and she had her hair out naturally, mm-hmm. he said, you're going to have changed that. Mm-hmm. So he paid this guy, another guy, friend, to take her to a salon and get her makeup done and all that other stuff. And get her get her hair uh, relaxed. relaxed and all whatever, scary curl or whatever he wanted her to have. And he took her, he said, yeah, I know somebody can do her. Do her hair. So he took her to the salon. Mm-hmm. And the lady who was supposed to do her hair, Davidia kept, Davy kept saying, she just kept feeling my hair and kept saying, oh, this is virgin hair. I've never felt this. And it's mm-hmm. really nice. You don't have any 
chemicals, no color, no okay. nothing in it. And she said, baby, I'm not going to relax your hair. I'll give you a little blowout and we're going to, you know, have fix a it real up. nice gonna, afro. You're going to have a real nice afro. She walked back in there and Nikki had a fit. You, man, I spent all this money for this. Mm hmm. They couldn't, he just couldn't get over the fact that she was happy with, if the one thing that she was happy with was her life was her hair and her natural hair. Yes. And she never changed that. And I say kudos to her for that. Yes. Um, he kept a list of everything. Um, he didn't like people questioning what he did. Mm -hmm. And he was very cheap. Yeah. He kept her in there. He could have, he could have been paying her more. And then when he did pay her, he charged her rent to go and live upstairs. Yeah. So it was like he was just giving her money back, get, taking money back from her. Yeah. So he was paying himself. Yes. After Davidia moved to Los Angeles, I was hoping she would be more outspoken and take control of her life. And in certain instances, she did. Mm -hmm. um, she got a job as a singer, That's which right. is something that she probably wouldn't have never done because she was so she was so intimidated by, you know, people. Yeah, people. Um, and then she got her GED. She went on and went and got her education. Another example that I really like that she took control over in mm -hmm. her life is the example of her, um, after five years of being in a relationship with Nikki, mm -hmm. she walks in and Nikki in there screwing this woman. In a closet. Waitress, waitresses in a closet. In a closet. You mean you can't do no better than take somebody to a closet and the person to let them do that? Where is your head? What are you trying to accomplish? Oh. He ain't going to respect you. You go in in the closet where there's extra towels and tablecloths and, and dirty mop water. And mop water, mop. bucket. And he can't do no better to you than, than that? I guess she figured her pussy was better than anybody else's. Please. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Pussy is pussy. So, once she decided that they were going to break off, she told Nikki there was some things she wanted, and she mm -hmm. deserved it. Yep. She and one paid of the her things dues. Is she said, I got this application to UCLA in my drawer for five months. I want you to write me a good recommendation. Mm -hmm. And you're going to change my work schedule and pay me the same wages. Because Nikki was like, well, you work five days a week, but you only want to work three, so I'm only going to pay you three days. She said, uh-uh-uh, you still going to pay me that same little crappy salary you've been giving me, yep. and I'm only working three days a week. Then I'm going to give right back to you after I pay, after I give you rent. And then you're going to schedule my rehearsals around my class. Sounds like a winner to me. And that's and she said, because you owe me that. And she said, that's another thing that Nikki did not like, on somebody financially mm -hmm. and mentally. And he knew that, it, that because of, he was such a cheapskate, he knew that that was a better deal because if he had to hire another singer to come in and do what she did, he'd have to pay her almost twice as much money. So he was still saving money. Yep. And cheap ass. Kudos for her. She eventually graduated with a degree in psychology. Mm -hmm. So she was getting herself together yeah. bit by bit. Bit by bit because she, she didn't have anybody to guide her. She had to basically feel her way through. After Nikki and Davey broke up, they still became friends. They still remained and friends. And they became very close friends. They were almost like family, she said. Yeah, like brother and, brother and sister yeah. almost. Um, would you be able to do that? Well, like I told you before, I, most of my exes I'm still friends with. Like I said before, I don't even know my exes. <laughs> Look, I mean, it didn't work out. So why are you mad? Some people. Why get mad because something didn't work out? 
maybe I wasn't ever in love that hard. True. Maybe it was easy for me to say, oh, I could take you or leave you. Yeah. Maybe I haven't found that all-encompassing love that makes me, oh, I love you, baby. I love you, baby. I'm going to jump off this bridge. Oh, I ain't never been up. I can't live without uh-huh. you. I, I ain't jumping off no bridge. I'll push you off. No, but I But I ain't jumping off I no like bridge. <laughs> for real. I want, I want you. I want my life. I want you out of my life to make my life better. Exactly. And people, and a lot of women force it. Uh, we can make it together. We can make it. We can stick together. We, we've been together this long. We might as well stay. And, you know, my thing is, a, a woman told me a long time ago, it'll take you five minutes to get into something and the rest of your natural born life trying to get out of it. That was enough. That was enough of a fright for me. And I said, am I going to waste these five minutes getting into something? Or I'm just going to wait. Because this, this don't feel right. I'm not a gambler like that. I can't gamble with my life. I ain't like gambling that. like that. Uh, you can take me to Vegas any day and I'll throw $100 on the table. But my life and whether I'm going to be stuck with you and the I repercussions. I got to that through a little yeah, bit. Exactly. There you go. Because, but they, they made it work. There were moments, I think, where it was hard for them to get out of that routine of Nikki want to be in charge of where she goes and who comes controlling her. her you in her apartment and mm-hmm. you just use your key to walk in her apartment she's like nick i told you you cannot do you that well do i'm just... your landlord she said but there's laws that's right Did landlord can't just come into your apartment but davidia was talking to um nikki about something and she was like passion love is an invitation to crazy being passionate about somebody yeah but i think the reason she may have said that is because it was crazy for her. Mm-hmm. She still had that recording in the back of her head. Yeah. Saying how unworthy she was. To... Yeah, and if it's not like what it was in 16 Candles and all those other mm-hmm. movies, it, when you come up against a situation, well, that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. No, that's life. That's life. So for her, when you you, you disagreeing and having little uh, I call it and fights. heated discussions, mm-hmm. for her it's crazy. Yep, and not but, understanding why he put his cheese on his bologna sandwich that way. Yeah, or why does he turn the pl- toilet paper forward instead of backwards, backwards? Which I do have a problem with. Uh, I, 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 I'm just glad the toilet paper there. I got to turn that toilet paper over, not under. I, I, I just don't get it. If the toilet paper there, I'm thanking God. Woo, there's some toilet paper in here. Listen, I ain't got a drip dry. Just to roll it forward instead of to roll it backwards. Maybe it's because I had a cat. Yeah, they, if they got in the bathroom, they unroll that toilet paper. That. And someone told me that uh-huh. that's why they do it that way because the crazy the cat. cat will come in there and unroll the toilet paper. Now the opposite, if they do it that way, it just keep going around and around. Yeah. around. All right, well, but 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 that that's but that's not. But I don't talking. have a cat, so yeah. I got to worry about that. Well, I had cats. You know how I love my cats. Yeah, your little cute kitty. My little cute cat. Crazy love, also for the divinity was because she had an expectation that I think that I don't think if she was in a relationship people could reach. Right. Because she wanted that Molly Greenwell 16 candles. Yeah. So it was an expectation. So, and that's what a lot of people have a problem with. The expectations they come in with in a relationship. Are too high. Yeah, too high. Because you got to remember, for women, when you get in a relationship, if you get in a relationship with a man, all you're getting is a man. And you got to realize that Everybody's human. Mm-hmm. Let's start on that level. Everyone has their falses. I'm looking for somebody who's going to do this, and I'm looking for somebody to do that. I hear a lot of sisters say that. And mm-hmm. I want a man to do this, and I want a man to do that. 
but they're looking at you the same way. Uh huh. So what, how do you feel if a man say, "I want you to look a certain way. Like I want you to be a certain way. Yeah. I want now, I, he got to be this. He got to be that. He got to be this. But you ain't got to be none of that. But that's what you want. Come on now. Women got to be fair. You got to be realistic. Yes. If you want somebody who is kind and gentle, you have to be what you want the other person to be. Now, I've seen polar opposites attract, and it's a weird and funny thing, but it make it work. But for the most part, you have to be on the same level as what you're looking for, or you're going to get your feelings hurt. Yes. And then you're going to walk through life being bitter and angry because you can't find something that, that you are not willing to be. Willing to be and doesn't really, really exist. Because everybody has their fault. Everybody got something. Everybody got something with them. I know. I've been married for so long, and I look at my husband sometimes, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't even know this man. <laughs> he, uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> sometimes I hold my hand out, and I say, excuse me, my name is Benita. <laughs> like, because I'm like, you just act like you uh-huh. just met me. Yeah. You can know somebody for 40 years, and they'll turn around and do something that'll shock you every time. But I do the same thing. But you do the same thing. I didn't know you felt that way. I know. I didn't know. you change over time, too. Uh-huh. You also change over time. All in all, if you're hanging in long enough, it does get better, though. If it's meant to be. If it's meant to be. When Nikki started this company that I thought was really cute, it's called Soul Bonnie's Gram. It's a singing telegram business. He offered it to Davey. And Davey said, sure, I need some extra money. Mm-hmm. And so she started it, and she had this little brown bunny costume on and she had a little afro mm-hmm. under and I bet you it was just as cute. She probably was. She was cute. very she cute. Me. At that point in her life she said okay you know I'm taking control of my life. I'm making a little bit of money paying off my student loans and have a little jacked up car but it's mine. <laughs> so she was content at that uh-huh. point but then here come da 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 bum, bum, bum. here come a, a wrench in the, in the story. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. One day she was at a gig and she literally ran into, guess who? Guess who? James Farrell. Farrell. She was knocked off her feet. She she immediately knew who he was. Yep. But of course he didn't know who he she was. He had no idea who she was. So she was so overwhelmed with seeing this man after 15 years. And she had been gone, gone from Mississippi for 15 years. Yep. Now she, out of the blue, running to this man that she is still, to this day, fascinated with. Mm-hmm. Obsessed obsessed with this man that when she ran into him she was knocked off her feet and mm-hmm. she dropped her I call it a day planner but she calls it an appointment book mm-hmm. um, trying to get away from him I don't know if he looked at her and became intrigued by her mm-hmm. but he found where she worked and he returned the book to her yep. but when he came to the club to return the planner he went up to her apartment he returned it to her and he said I noticed that you aren't working next week. And she was like, how would you know? He said, because I looked through it. And she opened up that date, and he had written a date in there mm-hmm. to a restaurant and his phone number. His phone number. And she was like, in the back of her mind, how he know I want to go out with him? You just going to take my planner and... And tell me what I'm going to do. And he, she said no. And he couldn't accept that. Yeah. And then she realized that because he had lived such a privileged life, and he looked this way, and he's James Farrell, got money, Jer- uh, Farrell's hair care products, mm-hmm. that women were falling over him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't care what he said to do, they would do anything for him. Yeah. And here she's like, no, I'm good, no, just get my book and you can go about your way. Yeah, I'm thinking because he's he's never had a woman say no to him before. 
he wouldn't even have to have uh, chased most women down to look for him to return anything. They stood right there in a bunny costume with their bunny head underneath their arm trying to throw down a rap. But she got her to put a bunny head on and ran. Men having to chase women and women could take a page out of her book and let a man pursue you that if he wants you, he'll come and he'll, he'll come after you. Well, I think women make it too easy for men these days. Here's my phone number. Here's my, here's my email. Here's my Facebook. Frame me on Facebook. I got my Twitter account. Do this, that, and the other. Make him chase you a little bit. Cause if he interested, he'll come after you. But being elusive and acting like you're not interested, that's like raving a red flag in front of most men. And especially somebody like him, that all he has to do is snap his fingers and he can get somebody. Yeah. And, and he's been doing it all his life. Yeah, women just throwing pussy at him. Here, you want some pussy? Here, take this pussy. Here, take this one. Here, this one. Here, here you go. He ain't got to do all that, but he had to actually chase her down. But I think he was attracted to her at first time. I think he was attracted to her too. She's an attractive girl. But I also think that the fact that she didn't fall out all over him when she saw him made her more attractive to him. More desirable. Like this woman's got something going on. And she don't look like everybody. Mm-hmm. She's not the cookie cutter. She, apparently she has never used any of our products. Uh, <laughs> you ain't never had a jerk curl. He asked her, you've never had a jerk curl? She was like, no. No. Uh-huh. She still got her edges. So, But when he Exotic. saw her, she realized that this man really doesn't remember me from mm-hmm. high school. So she was like, okay, I'll go out with him. He put it in the date in the book, and he told her, um, my car's going to pick you up. And she was like, oh, no, that's okay, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But in the back of her mind, she was like, I ain't going on this date. She knew. She knew she wasn't going. She wasn't going. She was going to stand him up. When the day of the date came, she decided she's going to turn her phone off, get in the bubble bath, and she's going to relax. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, here comes somebody knocking at her door, and she thought it was Nikki. And she was like, Nikki, I told what? you about that. <laughs> coming up here uninvited. Uninvited. You're going to come in here and get your feelings hurt one time. So she get up there. And he is, here come James Farrell standing at the door. Mm-hmm. And she could not believe him. He's mm-hmm. like, you didn't show up at the restaurant. She was like, uh, because. I told you I wasn't coming. And I was standing you up. Apparently he doesn't understand what that means. He ain't never been stood up in his life. So eventually she did give in. Mm-hmm. And he was standing on the other side of the door. And she said, all right, I go out with you. I go out with you. Slammed the door on the man's face. And then the kind of, you think she's going to come out looking cute. All she had on was jeans and t-shirt. Her famous, her stroker t-shirts that her friend had given her. Uh-huh. And some jeans. Some jeans. But, you know, she didn't have a lot of money. She didn't have a lot of money, and she just didn't want to go out with him. Yeah, but did, do this and get it over with. Mm-hmm. They went out. They talked a little bit, chit-chat. And then they came back to her place. Yep. And that ends part one of 32 Candles. But stay tuned, because part two is right behind it.